Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. If you're struggling to lose weight, you've probably heard about weight loss medications like Wigovi or ZepBound, and you might be wondering if they're right for you. Meet Plush Care, a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. If you qualify, they can safely prescribe you medication from the comfort of your own home. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hello and welcome to Dream Job Ready. My name is Dane Sharp, I'm your host, and I feel blessed to be joined by not one but two great minds and very special guests for this episode. Alita Harvey Rodriguez is the Managing Director of MI Academy, a company that consults with retailers and helps train, coach, and upskill their organization in digital marketing, customer experience, and business innovation. Alita's co-pilot for the episode is Natalie Curry, MI Academy's Director of Customer Experience and a former sales consultant and business coach. Please note that the opinions of guests are their own and not those of the companies they have worked for. Hey, we've got plenty to talk <laughs> about today. Um, you know, coming from MI Academy, digital marketing, customer experience, team training and consultancy for retailers. Um, there are going to be a lot of people listening to this that are right in the middle of their retail careers with you know, plenty to come and plenty to go in their, in their journeys. First of all, if you can set us up really quickly, give us the, Alita, I'll throw to you, give us the nuts and bolts about what you do on a daily basis um, at MI Academy. What we do as an organisation um, in its entirety is we empower teams to think um, and we do that through consultative style training and customised training. And the work you're doing with organisations and I guess the, the coaching and, um, you know, levelling on those uh, skill sets, it goes top to bottom, right? Absolutely. I mean, look, we train every, we work with everybody and train everybody from CEOs right down to um, the people that are manning the stores and, and are working behind the counters in stores. And I think that's a real testament to the work that we do, that our practices are organisational wide uh, and you don't get the transformation that you're truly looking for if it's not a top down approach. If you don't have the CEO's buy in, you're never going to get the transformation that you're really looking for. Otherwise, it becomes departmental and customer experience sticks with that one department it's not a systemic change that's happening throughout the business yeah and and some stuff that we um that we also do with sort of the ceos or, or leaders um in a business is we do executive coaching with them so um you know we get the people doing the do um really doing the execution but then helping the managers and the ceos and the leaders of that business understand how to get the best out of their team and get the most out of their team as well yeah. And Nat, where's the where's the call to arms at the moment? Like, where are companies and the staff that work for those companies needing the most assistance and guidance and coaching? So it's really about increasing their skill set because the industry is changing so rapidly and so quickly um, that if you just get stuck in the day to day and you know 
on that hamster wheel, just doing the same thing all the time, um, you're not really going to see the increase in sales or the increase in customer experience. Um, and competition is so vast now that there are businesses doing the same thing popping up all the time. So um, what we are seeing is that people are needing to slow down so they can speed up, which is one of our sort of values at MI Academy, um, and really teaching them how to take that that moment in time to really look at the problem that they're experiencing and then how do they solve that specific problem. We met through um, a really cool initiative that you guys uh, put on, which was called the Retail Hack Games. And it was super fun and it really asked a, a couple of really interesting questions about the retail business. And to just zero on a couple of those things, one of the uh, key points of discussion was around what's going to happen to the retail job. Yeah. What does the next couple of years look like for the retail industry? workforce? Look, for us, when we see it, the shift into uh, experience is going to be huge. And this isn't just from its basic gratuities as like, did I check you out? Okay. Did I get you the right size? You know, was the return policy? Okay. Like what was the human experience that was part of that journey? What made me walking into your store completely different from walking into somebody else's? And I, I guess, you know, you could kind of Look, this is, I'm just talking about in-store experience, but we're, there's a whole like, forum of things that we can really talk about. If we're talking from in-store, I think you want to look at one of the best brands that does that. I think Lululemon, like you know you've walked into a Lululemon store. Everybody's been through um, landmark training and they all have a really similar, beautiful, open mindset. Um, so, you know, that that experience of that feeling experience, not just a functional experience, I think is going to make a massive difference for uh, for retailers moving forward. I do, I do see that retailers are now... Um, a little bit less resistant to the whole AI word and the fact that there are going to be robots that are going to be doing some things. I saw a really interesting um, article, news story about um, a new delivery um, warehouse where they had robots going in and getting the boxes out, but they still had that human element of someone packing the boxes, but they're able to turn over product within four hours and get it delivered. Um, that's really exciting for retailers. And so I think that's the future of retail. It's, it's bringing in the experience of your staff and your humans with the computers and bringing it together to really create an exceptional experience for your customers. Yeah, I think um, even to like to continue to build on that, like if we're talking about in-store experience with it, expanding that out into what the supply chain is going to look like, because retail starts way beyond, you know, before we even get into what we actually see, what products we buy. Um, this The future, again, like another piece of it is going to be around this transparency of supply chain. How ethically are you sourced? How well are you paying your staff? Other farms that you're buying your cottons and fabrics from, um, paying fair, you know, fair wages, um, you know, are you are the polyester fabrics and things that you're using or any plastics that you're using, are they coming from recycled, sustainable sources? Again, this transparency is coming because, and this shift is coming because of us and us that are sitting behind the computer who has the power to ask these questions and definitely wants to connect with brands that um, mean something to us. I think Deloitte, um, who was actually one of the sponsors for the Hat Games, put out this great report. I think the report came out about two years ago and it was talking about millennials and um, the importance of having brand trust and purpose or passion over profit. Um, and I think that 
um, the brands that kind of that embrace this and embrace this, you know, vulnerability that we're all asked to have now, I think are the ones that are going to start to take a greater market share for the future generations. And I think we should be excited about the about the need to move there. And, and I've heard you guys talk about before mm. around you know, having the ability to think and be creative at the in the in the workforce uh, and in your jobs. Yeah. And you know, I think mm. I think everyone will some uh, respects would be happy to remove those kind of cookie cutter assembly line the same thing i'm doing every minute of the day every day for the rest of my life kind of jobs um and and if we can move away from them it's going to free up more time to kind of think and work out how the business does improve and to your point whether that's a customer experience level or whether that's a sustainability level or whether that's a revenue bottom line this is going to be better than what we were doing point of view and i guess that that's what you're trying to help um uncover uh in the journey for businesses if i'm correct right yeah absolutely our purpose is to help your teams to be able to think and be able to create so that you can be you know customer centric that you're not driving decisions from um, an an egocentric place and you do have the skills and the ability to rapidly test um, these creations that you've got so that you can de-risk any innovation programs or projects that you have you know we've seen it we see it time and time again and we always and we seem to get we get people coming to us after it's kind of, I want to say it's too late, but it's not too late for them. You can always change and you can always move forward. And that's what we're here for. But, you know, we'll say, oh, we ran a hackathon internally. And okay, okay, great. Awesome. What were the outcomes? Oh, we had some good ideas. Okay. Are you taking any of them forward? Oh, well, yeah, no, but it won't work. Okay. So you've wasted a whole day. Yes, there's been some team building, but what's your innovation program? What's your process for carrying those things forward? And I also want to say this is that when you think of something, thinking of one thing isn't going to be able to create change for you. You need to think about four different things within the, to solve the same problem, have a process for rapidly testing them and thinking about how you can drive that and iterate it moving forward. And I just keep saying it, think, think, think is going to be the absolute future because we have, I think it's 77 million jobs is going to go to AI and those jobs are repeatable things. Like Nat was saying, when you're on the mouse wheel and you're repeating your job, Yes, there are going to be, I think it's 122 million jobs that are created off the back of that, but the people that are going to get those jobs are the people that know how to think, have the bravery and the courage to create and have the tools internally and leadership, most importantly, to be able to carry them forward so that they can make those changes um, in their business and and implement them and, and scale successfully. Yeah, you can't teach a robot emotional intelligence. You can't teach a robot to um, problem solve or critically think or to be creative. Um, And these are the skills that we work with our retailers on, you know, really kind of driving that critical thinking, that problem solving, that creativity, um, teaching them about um, emotional intelligence and, and, you know, motivation and empathy and how to really think about their customers and be in their customers' shoes and really understand the pain points that their customers are feeling that they can help solve. Yeah, and listening is a key part of that, which is going to be a huge skill for moving forward. Um, and, it, and like Nat said, you know, with empathy, listening is going to be so huge and being able to remove, un- have consciousness about your unconscious biases, be collaborative in the way that you approach things um, is definitely going to be a future skill that people are going to have to come forward with. So, you know, where are you seeing skills that aren't what they need to be consistently th- across the retail business? 
where are you seeing the opportunity or what are you spotting as an opportunity for someone in, in that game right now? I really encourage people that are listening to go and do some courses about understanding um, their unconscious bias. The, there's a great um, book that's called Thinking Fast and Thinking Slow that I highly encourage everybody to go and read. If you haven't, go and check it out. If you're like me and you're dyslexic, go and get the audio book um, and, 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 and listen to that. I think the other thing that I think a lot of corporates, and I know a lot of corporates really struggle with, is the ability to close the loop. Uh, so, you know, they start projects and then something else comes in and pushes it out and then there's no resolution at the top and how that's feeding down into future projects. So understand the importance of closing the loop and ask about when you are working somewhere, ask about the, the practices that they have of closing the loop because as a new person coming into a company, you want to make a difference in the place that you're going to because that's why you chose that's why you wanted to work there because you feel like you can make a difference. And a really important part of knowing is whether you can make the difference is whether they have a process around closing the loop on projects. So they're my kind of two, two little tips. If you're looking for a new job or you're about to, you know, be hired, I would definitely be asking that company, you know, how do you invest in your team's training? How do you invest in my development yeah. and my skill sets? What can I do to ensure that, I'm growing and continuing to grow in this role at this company. Um, you know, I was I was very lucky in my in my career in the early days that we got you know fantastic leadership and management training. We got exposed, you know, I got exposed to emotional intelligence, you know, at 24, 25, like really early on in my career. I um, mean, it's something that's that that has always stayed with me and continues to stay with me um, in everything I do. And so. If you're, if that's what you're looking for in the company that you're working with, then ask them and push for it. And companies should have a budget for team training. You know, when we, when we talk to retailers and, you know, some of the bigger retailers that we work with, you know, it doesn't come out of a marketing budget. It comes out of a team training budget to, um, to justify the cost of this, because that's what we're doing. We're transforming and empowering their teams. Um, you know, we're just lucky that, you know, there's execution in, in what we do as well. So they do see the benefit. It's not just sending your team off to go and do a short course somewhere for a day. Um, it's very much, you know, the team's learning how to do the do and executing results. So they're seeing results really quickly, but then they're growing and learning those skills around emotional intelligence, around creative thinking, around design thinking, around problem solving, and how to work more collaboratively as a team. Um, and that is um, and that is something that you should be looking for in a company that you wanna work for. That's all really good advice. And Nat, I love what you've said there just around what I can do as a listener. And it doesn't mean I have to go out and study my own things and find my own courses and you know create my own journey, which is fine if you do want to do that. But to your point, ask, asking for help. And in this case, you actually will potentially be a change maker for the business you're working for. Yeah. Um, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that's, that's really good. Um, and you're right. If, if that business isn't already looking at and investing in, in um, you know, that space one question might lead to, you know, several other people at the business asking the same question and, and, you know, turning that ship a little bit quicker. In the retailers that we're working with, we're starting to see that, you know, there's pretty big, there's, their marketing teams are big, you know, retail is now not just, you know, a one, one or two team marketing, um, you know, people in the background doing email campaigns. Like, you know, the marketing team is now becoming a really core function and um, the lifeblood of the, of retailers. 
um, you know, and they've got to keep up with, you know, so many different things now. It's not just email mm. campaigns. It's social. It's web. It's apps. It's, it's SEO. Apps. It's UX. It's, it's, yeah, yeah. It's the data insights. It's looking at, you know, feedback. It's reviews. It's so many different things. Um, and so the marketing team is really transforming as we move forward in, in, in the world as we know. Can I ask you guys honestly, do you, do you still like the term digital marketing or is, is the digital word just becoming a waste of time and we all live in I'm a world? So, that- I'm so glad you asked that. <laughs> I've actually spent some time thinking about this recently and it's funny that you ask because I just, I just don't, it's like retail, you know, when you talk about omni-channel and, and you talk about e-commerce, you know, is it, I think the lines got blurred a long time ago and now it's just retail and now it's just marketing. And I, I yeah, I don't no personally I don't like the term digital marketing. If you're a, you know, if you're a brand marketer and you're used to working in traditional mediums like television, like billboards, like radio, um you're going to have to get those skills to trans late on online because they all of those things exist online now you know we've got youtube we've got you know we've got pod, podcasts like yourselves you know we've got um we've got spotify we've got all the tiktok we've got all of these things that are now you know tiktok is tv when people say i don't watch tv it's like do you watch tiktok do you watch instagram yeah so you do watch tv it's just a different word for it now so no i don't like digital marketing that's i'm really happy about that because i you know i think for the listener that you may not have to be passionate about the digital sense and you may not go on to be an expert in, in any of the, you know, the channels or mediums you just mentioned there, but I don't think you can be successful in the next stack of years unless you, you know, at least acknowledge, appreciate, understand um, the world that has, has been labelled by digital. So, And I want to, Nat, jump to you because I know throughout your career you've had some really interesting roles and the customer has, has been a a key part of that in, in multiple yeah. roles or all the roles I'm sure what are the couple of things that have stayed really consistent and are even maybe now more important when it comes to thinking about the customer so no matter what industry the listener right now is working in a customer is always important they're always right is is the term right yeah yeah I I learned very on very early on in my career that because I did, I did sales for a long time. And so I learned very early on in my career that I was a farmer, not a hunter. Um, you know, and even when I was hunting for sales and in that typical hunter role in sales, there was still a huge part of farming, which was nurturing that customer and really taking care of, you know, their problems and what they were experiencing and how what I was going to offer them was going to solve that for them. So that was a really big part for me. And, and that's when I shifted in going, actually, I need to sort of move away from this sort of sales role because what was happening, I spent all this time investing in this customer and listening to them and caring about them and and knowing what's going on in their business to then need to just move on to the next one. Um, And so then I moved into this really beautiful like role around customer loyalty and customer retention and customer um, success. So making sure that whatever we were doing with that customer was successful. And so it still stands today, you know, when, when we work with a customer, it's like, what is their biggest pain point? What do we need to solve for them? What is the impact that we're going to have on their business and how is it going to translate into revenue? How is it going to translate their customer's experience? How is it going to, um, you know, how is it going to impact the team and, and what that business is doing um, and really revolutionise um, how they move forward in, in, in what they're doing? So, yes, customer is still, is still key and still gold. Um, 
with the world that it is and, and it being so online now, you know, one of the biggest things that we focus on are reviews um, and, and making sure that you, and Alita spoke about closing the loop and, you know, she spoke about it from an internal perspective. Um, you know, that's a huge part in a lot of um, sort of client insights or, or client loyalty or product review sites that I see. There's no closing the loop with that customer. So, you know, how do we close the loop with that customer and really offer that one-on-one -on -one online experience from a review that's been done. You know, we create programs with um, retailers where it's the whole program is just based on making sure that we're hearing from our customers, we're gathering that feedback and we're closing the loop with that customer. Um, and so there, there's sort of the key things that I've taken from my career in running, you know, global NPS programs, um, you know, to smaller, you know, gathering product reviews on Trustpilot. Um, so, you know, it, it, for me, it's about listening to the customer, really understanding what the key problem is, solving that and closing the loop. Yeah, it's also, I've, I've always been passionate about CX, mainly driven by the fact that I hate having bad experiences as a customer yeah. or a consumer. It, it drives yeah. me insane. So yeah. I do my best to try and avoid that anytime I have a project or platform I'm working on. Um, look, I want to sap uh, one more bit of information uh, and a piece of advice out of out of each of you, if you can. I liked. I wrote it down what you said before. I loved the term uh, "slow down to speed up." Mm. So let's let's get personal and and uh, we can start your choice. Who you want to start with? Whether that's you, Nat, or a leader. What's what's no, one thing that can go first? Okay, there you go. <laughs> nice uh, nice suggestion. Thanks, babe. Nat, you first. Then slow <laughs> yeah. down to speed up. How do you put that into practice? What's one thing you do to do that? Oh goodness, um, that's a really great question because I haven't I haven't slowed down for a long time. I've got a seventeen month old who um, is a wild child. So um, be between between um, between uh, work, uh, no sleep, and a seventeen month old, I, I haven't slowed down for a while. Um, but what I do try and do with work is do retrospectives so for mm. me slowing down um, when i can find the time to do it is ensuring that at work we are constantly doing retrospectives and that we're yeah. stopping so you know the monday after the hat game you know the lead up to the hat game was absolutely mental there was no there was no time for slowing down but on the Monday, well, actually, we slowed down on the Friday after with a champagne breakfast, so that was nice. So celebrate your wins, I think, is a really good way of slowing down. Um, but, you know, ensure that you're doing retrospectives. So even if it's, you know, 10 minutes, just, you know, what did we do well, what do we need to improve, and what do we need to do to move forward um, is a really great way for me to just connect, slow down, and and then and then know what we need to do to move forward. So it was interesting because the Monday when we did the retrospective, everyone energy was quite low. We were all like, oh, what's gonna happen now? And oh, the hat games are over. And then after that, <laughs> we were like, we got sad. We got sad. Post event no blues. Slowing down. Yeah. So <laughs> celebrate your wins and um, and do retrospectives. That's how I slow down. That's a brilliant mm. one. Oh, I think we all forget that a lot of the time and, and we get caught up in you know, the term rat race. It's real no matter what mm. level you are in a, in a job or a yeah. company, whether you're the, the owner or the boss or whether you're you know, your first couple of weeks, you get stuck in doing, doing, doing. And the benefits of, as you said, moving to that retrospective look at it, the review, the report, whatever you want to call it, is going to make that, if, if that event happens or that thing happens or project happens again or iteration of it, it's going to make it 12 times better. Um, yeah. Love it. Yeah. Um, Alita, you can't steal the same answer and I should change the, change the <laughs> question to put you on the spot because you've had a minute to think about it. No, but but um, 
What about you? How do you slow down to speed up? Well, this slowing down to speed up is um, actually a talk that I did at um, at Inbound, um, the HubSpot Inbound Conference in Boston last year. Um, so, and I did, I talked about it from a business functional perspective about, you know, the retrospectives and listening to your customers and having those feedback loops, you know, that's a really important part of it. And, uh, but I think I'll, I'll, t- I'll tackle it from a personal perspective because I think it's really important, especially when it comes to creativity. If you don't have the bandwidth and the time to think, then you can't create. Um, so for me personally, I, um, I really, really, really enjoy meditation. And I know that it's not for everybody, but just a really simple mindfulness practice with like an app like Mind Valley is really amazing. Um, just taking that time to kind of slow down uh, I guess in coming to your heart center can send completely different thoughts up to your brain and um, and to really kind of open your perspective. I think, you know, and I'll use this analogy is that, you know, when you're standing in the shower and you're like, oh my God, that's the greatest idea of all time. <gasps> I need to write it down. And then you're like, but this is just me and water. And, you know, you need something, you know, these scribble boards, but that's because you've slowed down and you've taken a moment where there's no noise coming at you. There's no Netflix. There's no Spotify, there's no nothing, there's no questions being asked except for like internal, internal moments. Um, so even if it's just, you know, taking that one minute or 30 seconds in the shower just to stop and just let that water just run over you can just be enough to kind of help you to reset your nervous system because um, there's always so much going on for all of us. So I highly recommend um, meditating but um, and just, you know, just making some time just for you just to go for a walk, even just turning off your radio when you're in the car, just to have some time, I think um, really definitely helps. Uh, and I, you know, it's why a lot of artists kind of go crazy because they spend too much time on their own. <laughs> but, um, but it's really good in this hustle and bustle um, when we're trying to get ahead to make that time for you. Yeah, and I think it's, it's critical um, if, you, if you're really chasing that, that amazing job that you're going for. Um, you need to be ready for it. And I think looking after yourself, super critical information and, and advice. Um, you know, I really love the stuff we were talking about earlier around how one person you can be a change maker at the, at the company or the job you're working for as well by asking for assistance and help and suggesting those mm-hmm. similar things within the, uh, yeah. the work, uh, workforce as well. Um, Alita, Natalie, thank you so much for your time. Really appreciate it. Thank awesome you. guests on Dream Job Ready and great luck uh, for the business for the rest of this year and beyond. 